Welcome to Fintech's DEI Discussions podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. This special episode is live in the London Excel Center at Fintech Connect 2023. Today we are joined by Sanya Kudai-Berger, VP Operations and People at Hokkaido. So welcome, it's great to have you here on an episode. We're here today to share some of the challenges and walk the talk for inclusion. It'd be lovely to hear from you on what you think we need to be doing more of. Yeah, great to meet you, Nadia. Thanks for having me. Well, I think, I mean, where do we even begin? Obviously, it's a huge topic, diversity and inclusion, and there's structural problems. So, you know, it's difficult for business leaders or people in professions to solve things in a vacuum, in isolation. However, I think that there is much, much more that we can do, and especially in fintech, to ensure that we have better representation of diversity, but also being inclusive to different voices um, and to work towards having a more kind of diverse workforce which better reflects the diversity that we also have in our population. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And tell us a bit about yourself and your role, please. Sure. So I'm VP Operations and People at Hokodo. So uh, we're a B2B payments company and we offer uh, buy now, pay later solutions for merchants and marketplaces that easily embed into their checkouts and offer their business buyers trade credit. Uh, so I've been with Hokoda for just over two years now. I joined when we were about 35 people. We're now about 100 uh, across three different locations in Lithuania, the UK and France. And my role is to lead both on our operation side, scale our processes, our teams, but also on the people and talent side, where I'm especially passionate about working to make everyone feel um, included and that their voices are heard and make sure that um, we also work towards having diversity in, in our company and keep building on our strong culture. So you are super dedicated to better people practices at Hakoda. I'd love for you to share a bit more of that with us. Yes. So, yeah. To be to be honest, we we don't have everything figured out, but we we are committed to working towards more representation and, and better inclusion. So some of the things that we have already implemented are things such as ensuring when we starting with kind of the hiring so when we uh, write job descriptions for example we try to de-bias any language in the job description so we use software for that and then throughout the hiring process we've gradually introduced kind of more objective criteria to help hiring managers assess candidates in as objective a fashion as possible by scoring them across different criteria and trying to take out uh, elements that could bias a decision. Mm -hmm. and this is super important that you're sharing each of these examples because bit by bit it drives more inclusion to the space in each of the the structures and, and the frameworks. Across your career, I know that you've seen a number of challenges to this, challenges to diverse representation, especially at senior levels. So I'd love for you to share a bit more of that with us. So I think uh, it, obviously there's challenges at every level across companies and then also within kind of startups and VCs. But I think especially at the senior level, uh, you see very, very few, for example, women or especially ethnic women in positions of leadership, whether that's at companies, at startups or in VCs. And there are multiple reasons uh, why that is. So it starts kind of obviously earlier in the careers or in the kind of uh, 
in the daisy chain from education through to entering the workforce and then the opportunities that you're given continuously to level up. But in terms of what can be done to address this, so I think there are two sides to the equation. So on the one hand, obviously, you need to actually have the diverse candidate pool, but which I think a lot of times is less of the problem. And the other side of the equation is that the decision makers who are putting people into those senior roles need to be a, uh, aware of their own biases and committed to removing those biases, but also be, they need to actually care about having diverse representation. Mm. Because without that, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a limited amount of what you can do just through kind of grassroots efforts. Mm, absolutely. And I, I love the way you've described it as a data chain, you know, like um, we can we can actually work through this data chain to to see you know, why don't we have diverse representation in businesses? We may not have the pipeline, we may not have the promotion, we may not have the education at school level, we may not have the inspiration at, at, at an even younger age you know, from that. And a lot of the issues that we face when we're trying to drive more inclusion is the fact that when we go through that data chain, it's often putting the responsibility onto somebody else. And I know that you're very passionate about changing things we can control. So what are some of the things that you have changed uh, for the best? Yeah, I think ultimately it all uh, boils down to treating people equally and fairly um, and offering kind of the same kinds of opportunities to people regardless of their backgrounds, whether it's kind of gender, ethnic um, abilities or anything else. And so the things that we try to do, um, continuing on from the hiring processes, is then to also try and make sure that throughout the different people practices and the, the whole employee life cycle that we are, uh, again, removing any biases and trying to make any people-related decisions as uh, fairly and transparently as possible. So, for example, with our compensation principles, so when we were very small, you know, we didn't really have access to a database, so it was all a little bit kind of ad hoc and you know, looking, um, getting some anecdotal um, evidence from the market about what we should uh, price or roll at, essentially, whereas since then we've come a long way and we now actually use a rich database um, to make sure that, we're, uh, that we have job levels, that we've got benchmarking um, at every level against other companies that are comparable to us and to also make sure that we're proactively making and um, doing salary reviews and, and ensuring that we're not kind of accidentally creating gender pay gaps or you know, pay gaps between other groups because there's always, you know, there are some people that are more comfortable, you know, asking for what they want and what they believe they're worth and others uh, and other groups may feel, you know, less confident and we don't want to favor, you know, in, in one direction or another. So that's why we try as much as possible to use data um, in compensation but also in other people decisions such as, you know, who gets promoted, um, you know, who gets assigned an interesting project that, you know, has visibility across the whole company. It's, it's not perfect, but we try to continuously and consciously improve and also to design our people processes with intention, mm. um, always keeping in mind that we want it to be fair and transparent and equitable. Mm. I think it's so important that there is this constant commitment and, and you talk about review and communication and 
and, and just checking, are we doing things correctly for right now? Are we doing it in a way that's fair? And often people don't stop for a second to think like that. And it actually builds in disastrous results for equity, inclusion, the future of diversity for a business. So super important you're sharing this. And there was something that you said yesterday when we were prepping. You said that inclusion requires a constant conscious effort and intentional design. And I loved it when you said that because that really is exactly what it is. We've got to be intentional with what what we're doing here. It's not just about saying, oh, you know, we'd like to be more inclusive. How do you behave that way? And that may look different next March than it will do next September. So I would want you just to share a bit more with us around what can people actually do? Because you also said there's always something you can do. It's like not doing something is not an option. So tell us more. So yeah, I think obviously for business leaders or leaders of people in talent functions, so they have they can have a huge impact on how diverse and inclusive um, their their company is. So there, I think what um, the, the basic things that should be done is just reviewing all the people practices and essentially looking at how people decisions get made. So you know who who gets hired, who gets promoted, how much do people get paid, um, you know whose voice is heard the most, um, and just um, trying to identify those areas where um, you know what where there can be improvements that are made and then ideally also having someone actually own this as a you know as an OKR or as a as an objective rather than it being kind of like a side thing or, or a tick the box exercise. Then also I think even on individual level, so even if you're not a manager who makes hiring decisions, even if you're a team member, um, but even paying attention to you know your um, your colleagues who may be you know, they may be like less confident um, or they may come from different backgrounds, but are their voices getting heard? Do people listen to them? Do they feel valued um, and included? And is there a way that you can contribute to creating more psychological safety in your team by actively asking people about them to share their opinion and by accepting their opinion and accepting them, you know, however they are and kind of normalizing whatever differences there may exist in the team, whether they're personal or otherwise. So I think that no matter, you know, how big or small the influence that you can have in your company due to your role, there's always something that you can do to make another human being just feel more accepted and valued. Super powerful comments. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us because I think the examples you've shared are things that other people can replicate. And that's exactly what today is about. We're here at FinTech Connect. I know that you've just arrived, but what are you looking forward to over the next couple of days here at the event? Yeah, I'm looking forward to attending different sessions, especially those where there's panel discussions and I love hearing from not only business leaders, but also people you know, that are operating at different levels at companies to hear about their challenges and their perspectives of how they manage those challenges um, and their visions for driving inclusivity, but also just employee um, kind of engagement and well-being in their workplaces. Amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your experience, your, your biggest lessons, your learns, and what you're doing to make Polo such a great place to work. It's been a pleasure having you on FinTech's DEI discussions. Let's listen, let's learn, let's walk the talk. Thank you.